And uh, so turn with me to Ephesians, the second chapter, if you would, and let's all stand as we read our text for this message. Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 8. For by grace, this is simple, simple scripture. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. And not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. The reason God saved us. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for these great three verses here that I read, Lord. They've been, they've been verses that's been quoted and, and, and preached on, uh, Lord knows how many, you only know how many times it's been preached on, Lord. We know that, that, uh, this, and it, it's, it's just as new today as it was when I preached on it years ago. Thank you, Lord, for everything, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. God performs a great work. First song we sang, you know, concerning the greatness of God. God performs a great work. You know, he, he saved us. Well, let's put it this way. Let me go back. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. There comes a time when he saves us by grace through faith, and there comes a time when uh, we realize that we are his workmanship. We were created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I mean, how much simpler can you get? If I stop right there, that's a message. That, that's a message within itself right there. But I do want to talk about some other things here, you know. As we study the Bible, we find that all of God's works are great works that none on earth can do, can duplicate, or can, can, could ever do. None on earth could, could duplicate the creation, for there was none on the earth at the time God created this world. I mean, God had to create the old man that tries to emulate God. But you can't do it. They, they've tried to do it. Men have tried to recreate things. They've tried to recreate life in science, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But they've tried to recreate life in science, and they can't do it. And uh, and such is that. Man's tried everything in the world to try to, uh, you know, science is a uh, science is a great subject, I guess. You know, I never did like it, never did care nothing about it. But, um, but science is a great subject. Uh, biology was, by all means, was, was one of my worst subjects. But, um, but man's tried everything. He's tried everything to duplicate what God has done. He's tried to duplicate it. I, I think somebody is, 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 is trying to get the permission, have been for years, to clone a man or clone a human. And, uh, they say they've cloned, uh, uh, sheep, 
I don't know. I don't know whether they have or not, but that's what they say, whoever they are. You know, they say they've cloned a sheep. Man, man has been trying to duplicate God's work, and he can't do it. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why right now in just a few minutes, why man can't do it. You know, we fan the pages of God's Word, and we find those who went to every measure on the earth but still didn't find the answer to their need. Such was a woman that had an issue of blood. A woman, the Bible says a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could he, neither could be healed of any. I mean, she, she spent everything she had on doctors who, who tried to even just work on the body that God created. The, the very thing, but they never did, uh, they never, couldn't find one that could take care of her issue of blood. No one can create life giving blood. God created life giving blood according to his own creation. Even from the days of old, it is said, life is in the blood. Now you think about this, what I'm, what I'm saying. God, God created life, but he also created the blood that's in the life that keeps the life going. You know, it's, I guess it's more than we can fathom. God created the blood when he created life. I want to tell you a story. I don't know how many of you, I maybe remember it or some of you are too young, I'm sure, to remember it. But probably 45, 50, maybe 50 years ago, maybe longer than that, this fellow in Cincinnati, Ohio, claimed that he had created blood. And what he did, I don't know if some of you may recognize this, what he did was is he got a, uh, he got a gallon jar and he put what he, what he called created blood. Now, this, this really happened. He filled that jar up with that created blood he had and he put a rat in it and sealed it. And he left, he left it sitting on his, um, somewhere. He left it sitting for a long time. And he went back every day to check on that rat. That rat was still alive. That rat was still swimming around. No air, nothing. Still swimming around in that blood. And so he went on for three or four days. So after he, after he was, um, after he really thought that he had created synthetic blood, he, uh, he, then he announced it. And so he found a, a, a human who was willing to give up their blood and have his blood put in their system. And they put their, they put his blood that he created or that he, that he, uh, whatever he did, they put his blood into a man and the man died. Now they, they could not figure out why the rat stayed alive in the blood. Swim around in it. It's sealed all that time, and then as soon as they put it in a man, the man died. So that ended his blood. 
But, you know, man, we, we, we don't, folks, let me tell you, Reggie and I were talking a while ago, you know, as I told Reggie, Reggie was talking, we were talking about, Reggie asked me a question about Christ. And, but you, you know, you go out there, you walk out in the ocean, I tell him, Reggie, I said, you walk out in the ocean and it's not long until you start investigating the ocean. You just keep walking out in the ocean, it's like almost going to be over your head. And it's not long until you're going to see that there's this, that's deeper than you can handle. Well, that's the way it is sometimes with, with God. You know, God created a, God created, God performed a great work. When He performed a work on you and when He performed a work on me, God performed a great work. A great work. You might say, well, uh, I might say it. I don't know if you'll say it or not, but I might say it. He didn't have much to work with. But he still created a great work. He, he, he didn't have, he didn't have much to work with, but he created a great work. God created a great work. You know, from the time that, from the all, all eternity, when God chose us before he ever created a man, before he ever created man, before he ever even, even, I don't know, it's hard to say. Because it's all, he's always existed. But God created man, and then he, he chose some of those he created. Now, some people said, well, why did he create those he didn't choose? Well, he had his reasons. He had his reasons, you know. You, you've heard, I don't know if you've heard it or not, but you can't have good if you don't have evil. You can't have evil if you don't have good. Well, what, what, would, what would be to measure evil by if you didn't have good? What would there be to measure good by if you didn't have evil? But God, God created the world in two phases. Good and evil. Good and evil. Demons. They're good demons or evil demons. Humans. They're good humans or evil humans. But God created every one of them. But you and I, I'm saying you when you, you that are saved, you and I, God performed a great work on us when He by grace, called us unto salvation, by grace through faith, called us unto salvation. We didn't do anything on our own. We didn't do any works or anything to get it. But he goes on to say you can't separate, a lot of people separate verse 10 from these two verses. You can't do it. You can't separate verse 10 from no part of this scripture here. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. The creation took place that God ordained what we should be doing and what we, what we will do. Not what we should be doing, what we will do. Now that brings about other thoughts. 
That brings about other thoughts. That brings about other thoughts is why is it that people, you, it should, it should, it should enter your mind. Most of you are a lot more intelligent than I am. It should enter your mind as to why there is that there's people out there that claim to be saved and live like the devil. You know them. And you, you recognize them as Christians. You recognize them as good people, but, but yet they turn around and they're doing things just opposite of what God ordained for them to do. God ordained the works that we're to do. God, God never told us to go out there and create new works. He ordained the works that, that we, t- we should do. And those are the things that we should do. Now, if we're to understand, you know, it's a, well, let's put it this way. If we're to understand a great work, we must see the work that God performed. We are his workmanship. That's what we're talking about. God made us. He created us even before the world began. When God, when God created Adam and Eve, he created Adam and Eve to do exactly what they did. He created Adam to be, I mean, Eve to be deceived. I'm just an old preacher. I believe these things. I believe these things to be true. He created, he created Adam. He created Eve to be deceived. He created Adam to, to eat of the fruit. And he created, uh, Cain to kill Abel. Now you say, I don't understand that, but he did. He created Cain to kill Abel. He created all, all the way down to us. Whatever, whatever we do for the Lord, God created us to do that very thing. He created me to preach his word. That was his workmanship. He created you. He created you for certain work that we do. We're his workmanship. Look at yourself in a mirror. What do you see? You know, somebody asked me one time, said, you ever look in a mirror? I said, yeah, I've looked in a mirror. I said, what do you see in a mirror? They, they want me to see a fat hog. What they want me to see. I said, I see in a mirror exactly what I am. Exactly what I am, exactly what I am. You know, but when I looked in a mirror when I was a teenager, I saw something different than when I look in a mirror now. I look, I look in a mirror now, I got a cramp in my side. I know it's about to take me down. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's right. Now I got one other side. Oh, something's happening. But anyway, uh, he created me to be exactly what we are. You know, I look in a mirror now, some 50, 60 years later, I look in a mirror now, I see something different than I did when I was a teenager. You know what I see when I look in a mirror? An old man. 
I look in the mirror and I say, man, I'm getting old. I tell Rhonda that and she says, I don't see that in the mirror when I look in the mirror. Sure, you do. You don't see the same thing you saw. When I looked in the mirror at 17 years old, I don't see the same thing I saw in the mirror. Now, when I look into it. It's the same way when you look in the mirror of life. It's the same way. You're, you're different than you were when you were 17. You're different than you were when you were 25. You're different than you were when you were 29. Chelsea. You're different. But God created us. We're his workmanship. You know. I've, I've, I've known a people get upset because they get old. Oh, you can, you can fuss and fight and carry on. You can kick. You can scream. You can go on and on. You're still going to get old. You know, somebody, somebody said, well, how will you be your next birthday? I'm not going to have another birthday. I ain't going to get no older. Don't plan on it. You can't, you can't get over it. You can't get around what God did, what God did, what God fabricated in, in, with nothing, what God made with nothing. God made you and me. He made us what we are. And we might as well get get over this thing of wanting to be something else or wanting to do something else. You know, I've had, I've had people say, well, I've always, you know, it'd be, it'd be like me saying, I, I've always wanted to turn a flip. Well, I'm going to decide I'm going to go home today and I'm going to turn a flip. Well, you know, that's, that's not going to happen. You can't do anything any different than what God created you to do. You don't get any younger. You can't get any younger. Oh, you can have be cut on and stretched and and and, and everything else like some of them are. I like Kenny Rogers. You know his beard's all the way back here now, where he stretched his face so much. You want me look at him? Maybe you ever see him? I guess he's still living, isn't he? I don't know. But you look at him next time you see him sing. He his beard's all the way back here, where they. Pulled his face back. But he's still old. He's getting older. He's getting old and he's getting older. And he's going to soon die. You're getting old, you're getting older, and you're going to soon leave this world. You might as well realize that God performed a great work when he performed us. When, when, he, when he created us. He performed a great work. We're his workmanship. We're, we're his workmanship. You know, we spend more time working over ourselves that we have no time to be concerned about our salvation, be concerned about our soul. What, what we've been teaching on Wednesday night, how shall we neglect so great a salvation? But that's what people are doing. They're neglecting it. They're neglecting what God did for them. God performed a great work. If we're to understand a great work, we must see the worker. Who's the worker? God's a worker, not me. 
You didn't, you didn't make yourself what you are today. God made you what you are today. You'll say, well, I'm, I'm thankful for what I've done in life today. God didn't. God made you what you are today. And if you're saved, see, that's what I don't understand today, and I have a problem with it. You have everybody out there, everybody out there is a Christian. You don't talk to anybody that's not a Christian. Even uh, who was it got on TV the other day? Oh, Phil McGraw, who 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 has lamb blasted the Bible. He's lamb blasted God. He's lamb blasted everything. But he told somebody on the other day, "Well, said I'm a Christian." Well, you know, you don't find too many people who won't say they're a Christian, but you find very few people who will believe why I just preached, just read to you there. That God, whatever I am today, God created me to be that. Be that very thing. Who is the worker? It's God. When God created us in the beginning, and when he recreated us in salvation, he had no counsel who tried to tell him what is right and what is wrong. He created us in, he created us in, in, as a human, but he also recreated us when he saved us. You see, that's two creations. God created, God created you in the beginning. He created man in the beginning, but he recreates man when they're born again. They, they go all over and God recreates them. He makes them what he wants them to be. And, and let me tell you folks, as old Bill Kazee wrote a, wrote a book one time, on uh, that there will be there will, no one will be able to barge in. That's that's the title of the book. No one will be able to barge in. And he talked. He was talking about how that some people are scared to death that a non-elect is going to get in among the saved. And he said, "There, don't worry, they're not going to do it." He said, "They'll come into your churches." Bill Kazee pastored the same church for many many years up in Kentucky. He was one of the best banjo players in the, in, 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 well, matter of fact, he, he had a competition one time with, what, or Scruggs and which one of them plays a banjo, one one of them does. He had a competition with him and Bill Kazee beat him in playing a banjo. He's one of the best banjo players in the country. His fingers, he played a banjo so much that these fingers were wore down, nubs. That's how much he played. Or these fingers over here are the ones he. But he wrote a book on no one's going to barge in. We worry too much about getting some uh, non-elect person into the in, into the uh, uh, among the elect, in the elect. You're not going to do it. It won't happen. I don't care how the Armenians can stand up and preach all day long. They can bring, they can get people down the aisle. They can tell them they're saved, but they've done nothing. They've done nothing but try to override what God had already created in workmanship. That's, that's all they're doing. 
don't know how many was there. I know both Sam and Kara was there, but I preached up in uh, Winston-Salem several years ago on the 99. And the statement I made in that is that Armenians are not satisfied with one lost sheep. They want all of them. They want all the sheep. Whether they're lost or saved, they want them. They want all of them. They, they don't, they don't, they're not satisfied with just the one. Let me, let me tell you something, folks. It's, it's a great blessing to me to know that the Lord has truly saved someone and I've been, a, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been there when it was happened. I was there when he saved me. But I've been there when he saved others. That's a great work. That's a great work to watch that take place. That's a great work to watch that person as they go down through life and as they begin to do the things that they would do. Just like all this, this message here came from, uh, Virgin's testimony. That's where I, that's where I got this message. I didn't get the message, but that's where God gave me the, the message to preach. Because, because God makes exactly what he wants us to be. No, no one, no one was there. He created and recreated at his own will. He speaks and it is done. He commands and it stands fast. It is God that works in and through us. If you do anything today for the Lord, you're doing it because he created you to do that. If you don't do anything for the Lord, then you need to realize if God really created you. As his workmen. So many, so many Christians today, as long as they get their name on a church roll, they're fine. They're all right with it. They go out and they just live like the devil, live any way they want to live. You can't do that. Not if you're created in Christ Jesus. If we're to understand a great work, we must see the workmanship. Who is the workmanship? It is you and I. We're, 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 we're it. What God does, it, it, we, we're it. You're, you're looking at it. You're looking at the workmanship. You're looking at the workmanship that began before the world began. You're looking at it. Yes, you've been worked on. Yes, you're saved because you have been worked on. We are the exhibition of God's gracious handiwork. But are we all the time? Are we, are, do we exhibit God's great work? Sometimes we don't. When we defy God, we're not a, we're not a credit to that good work that God has done. It's like I told the Sunday school class this morning. You know, God, you sin one little sin, you're sinning against God. God never created you to sin, regardless of what you've heard in the past. God never created you to sin. You sin because you're a sinner. You sin because that's what you're supposed to do. A sinner is supposed to sin, and that's what they do. How do you, how do you think God convicted me of sin if, 
if I didn't do what I was supposed to do as a sinner. Not that God created you to sin, but God created a sinner, and, and a sinner sins. And he, he doesn't he doesn't uncreate that. That's in you. That's going to be in you till your body is way out out of here. That sin's going to be there. It's there, and that's why you got to be careful about it. How many put great effort into great works for the Lord? You know, Paul told the Philippian church. Being confident in this very thing, that he which have begun a good work in you will perform it for a few years, and then we are to do what we want for we have already done our great work. No, a thousand times no. I added that, and not what it says. It says, being confident in this very thing, that he which have begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That great work that God put in you, he's going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You're going to say, well, I'm just going to give up. I'm going to quit. No. You can't. You folks realize how many times I have said I'm going to resign. Ask Rhonda, she'll tell you. But how many times I didn't do it because God wouldn't let me. God wouldn't let me do it. I'm standing here before you today because God would not let me resign. God would not let me quit. God would not let me give up. I'm going to tell you, folks, as, as I think Brother Sam said a few years back, Brother Sam said there's, there's probably no more ungrateful job than being a pastor. But God won't let you quit. He won't let me quit. Whenever that's the reason I've done I've done come conclusion that when I preach my last message, I'm gonna drop dead. Because that's what it's come to. I'm not gonna say I haven't suffered. I'm not, going, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to. I pray to God that I won't suffer, but I've already done that. Old age brings suffering, don't it, Brother Sam? It brings suffering. You've you got, you got it coming. All you that bounce around here and jump around here and carry on and go on, you've got it coming. You know, it's because you lost your hair, Reggie. That don't mean that you're exempt from it. They go, they more to this life and losing your hair. Well, if we're to understand a great work, we must see where the workmanship is located. Where's that workmanship located? In me? No. In you? No. That workmanship is in Christ Jesus. That workmanship is in Him. 
That's the reason the Bible says, you know, you pray in my name and I'll give you whatever you have. Well, you've got to live in his name too. You've got to work in his name. You've got to pray in his name. You've got to give your tithes and offerings in his name. You've got to do everything in the name because that's where the workman, the workshop is located, is in Jesus. God doesn't work in and through another. He works in and through Jesus Christ. And we, are, we need to recognize that and we need to see that and understand it. If the soul is abiding in Christ, then the work will continue in Christ. If the soul does not abide in Christ, then the work for the Lord will stop. Many have already, like the Israelites, have hung their harps on the willows and refused to follow the Lord anymore. A lot of people have done that. Israel did that one time. And they said, let's, won't you sing? For we can't sing. We've hung our harps on the willow. We, we can't prophesy. We can't preach. We can't do this because we've hung our harps on the willow. That's the reason I don't believe in retiring. I don't believe anybody should retire from what God has given them to do. No such thing. I hope none of you have been taught by others that it's not important to work for the Lord all your lives. I've been told that. I know you probably have too. That that's not important. That you have to take time, take time for yourself. Well, who am I? I'm nothing. Why should I take time for myself when I'm nothing? In God's eyes, we're nothing. You know what God sees in these bodies? He sees a carcass laying in the grave. That's what God sees in us. It was old Nebuchadnezzar who stood up and said, after his escapade out in the field with the cattle, eating with the cattle, living with the cattle, Nebuchadnezzar said, he's come to one conclusion, man is nothing. And God is everything. Man is nothing. God is everything. Man is nothing. God is everything. You might say, well, I'm something. Man is nothing, and God is everything. Just remember that. Are there any of you Willing to understand, I hope you do, that working for the Lord is the most important thing in your life. Most important thing in your life, if you're saved. I, I, I talk, I've already mentioned that a lot of Christians, a lot of people who think just because you say I'm a Christian, you're okay. But that's not necessarily true. We, we look at them as okay. We say, well, you know, we can go and do, you know, what, what's wrong with it? They're, they're a Christian. What's, what's wrong with us doing what they do? Don't follow a multitude to do evil, the Bible says. Don't follow a multitude to do evil. Don't follow a multitude to do evil. 
because that's what people are doing. All right, let's uh, let's have our business meeting.